For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Believe in Sparks. Always happy to have you there. I'm your host, Stacey Pates, and all of our guests are super special, and that's how I love to introduce them. This special guest is Rachel Galligan. She's founder of Go Global Recruiting and Women's Basketball Analyst. Can't wait to find out more about what she's doing. I also want, want to know what she knows about little college in Muncie, Indiana called Ball State. I might know something about that place too. She also writes for Just Women's Sports. And as the followers of the show know, Haley Rosen and Hannah Withiam have also been guests of our show and we love all of them. Hi, Rachel. Thank you so much for taking time to hang out with me today. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Let's first talk about uh, Go Global Recruiting. I love this. Being the founder of anything, having a vision and taking it to completion some people might think it's easy. It's not. But when it's but when it's part of your purpose and when it's part of your passion and when you're leading with love, which I just I don't know you personally, but I feel like, you know, just the little I do know about you, those would be the best ways to describe you and in how you do things with purpose and passion. Describe being the founder of Go Global Recruiting. Man, you know, it's really, it's timely that you're asking me this because I was actually able to go uh, watch a couple of my girls who are currently playing here in the States. I watched them last night and uh, it was just so um, rewarding those moments. And, and I'm a very relationship driven person. And from the time I was a college coach to today, being very involved in the international game was always something I was deeply passionate about. And I realized, you know, when I was coaching at that time, a lot of these um, young women and their families don't have a ton of guidance or necessarily like someone they can go to to ask their questions about the recruiting process. Hey, what does it mean to come here to the States? What does it mean to be a division one, division two, you know, junior college student athlete and, and kind of potentially pursue a degree over here and while also advancing my basketball career. So it's been really rewarding from, for many years right back from my coaching career, but, um, I realized quickly I wanted to kind of do my own thing and I wanted to do it my way. Uh, there's a lot of recruiting services domestically, not as many, <clears throat> excuse me, internationally, but you know, it's um, kind of my little niche. It's a very unique <laughs> space to be in. Um, but I realized that I just have that, that heart for it, that passion for it. And so I was at that game last night and, you know, you think about it, a lot of the athletes here, when they play a game, they've got friends or family in, in the stands, you know, parents or, or, you know, whoever might be able to make it to several games a year. A lot of these, these international student athletes may not have family that's able to make it over here at all, especially during these times. So um, they ran up after the game and they had the biggest smiles on their faces and we gave, gave each other big hugs and they were just like, thank you for being here for us. Mm -hmm. Thank you for supporting us. And it was just um, those little moments. And I don't get to have a ton of them because it's, it's tough to, I can't travel all over the country and watch everybody play, but um, are just really rewarding. And, and I can tell that they're thriving and they're doing well and they're getting degrees and, you know, they're being pushed uh, from a basketball standpoint, you know, from a different culture um, yeah. in the States at the highest level, which is really rewarding and, and very um, appealing to them. So 
Um, yes, I think everything you talked about with love and, and pouring my heart into it, it's been a dream of mine and I'm living it. You know, we just, we're wrapping up year four and I feel very excited about the direction that it's going and just continuing to help create opportunities and helping mm -hmm. the college coaches um, fill their roster with really talented players from all over the globe. I can't wipe the smile off my face. Like just knowing that, yeah, knowing that you get to do and pour into their lives. Like you're not just trying to find the best athletes and put them on, on good teams. You're also making, as you mentioned, forming relationships and, and making them feel special and making them feel like more than basketball players, which I feel like a lot of people, at least in my experience of, of being recruited, sometimes you can see through the, the inauthenticity of it. Right. But I feel like your approach is so authentic and, and thoughtful that how can you not want to work with you? We're going to break away right now for a message from our sponsor. And when we return, we're going to talk more about recruiting and how Rachel approaches the process. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. For those that don't understand the principle of recruiting, you know, you hear stories of, oh, yeah, I went to the school and they had a jersey made for me and they turned the lights on and they did an announcement of me coming into the arena. Sometimes that's not real. That's just to get you to sign on the dotted line. What is the business of recruiting and how can parents out there protect their kids while still allowing them to have great opportunities? Well, I think you have to, you have to come down to kind of your fundamental, um, truly ask yourself, what is it that I want out of this? You know, is getting a college scholarship and announcing how many offers I have, is that the pinnacle of my career, right? Because I feel like we see a lot of that. Um, hey, look, I've got 55 offers. And then you get there and it's like, oh, I've, I've already kind of accomplished what I want. Or do you want to go to the next level? Truly, don't just say it. Do you really want to go to the next level? Do you really want to be challenged? Do you really want to have that coach that's going to get up in you and pull the best out of you? Whatever way that might work. I was completely different than you know, maybe someone else as a player and how that looked for me. Are you ready to look in the mirror and hold that hold yourself accountable. Those days where practice isn't um, super, super easy and, and you're being challenged and every, nothing's going right. Are you able to look in the mirror and, and kind of, um, you know, just, just challenge yourself from that perspective? And are you willing to go have open and honest communication with your coaches? You know, through the recruiting process, there's a lot of places that will promise a lot of things or say whatever they can to get you to commit or come to their team. Is that truly reality? Um, I've always found that I really admire the coaches who are completely honest and transparent from the beginning. And that's really hard for families and, and players to discern the difference <laughs> between. Sure. But I think you have to ask those questions. Um, hey, what's your plan for me? What does that look like? How are you going to develop me? How are you going to challenge me in the classroom? You know, you, if I come in here and, and if I'm not playing the first six months and I'm frustrated and I come in and I want to talk to you, well, what's, what's that going to mean? What's that going to look like? And so I really think um, at times we, 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 we get away from that relationship aspect of it. It's okay. Let me come here. And how, what can this school give me? Um, as opposed to kind of having that authentic 
type of understanding of your, from your coach and that coach understanding you and being honest and transparent and saying, Hey, like, this is our plan for you. And, and, and this is what it looks like. I'm not going to be super easy to play for all the time. It's going to be really hard some days. Um, but I think that the families and the kids in particular, um, need to wrap their, their arms around that and really ask those questions. What is this going to look like? And, um, make those coaches answer tough questions. Um, and, and, you know, it's tough, you know, it's definitely not a, um, I mean, we, we're seeing more kids transfer more now than ever with the transfer portal. It's become a part of the game, but I think that there's an open and honest type of conversation that can happen with that as well. There's a lot of coaches that will say, Hey, like, let's get you a bachelor's degree in three years. And then from there, let's go get you somewhere where you can get a master's. And, and that's kind of a part of the plan. And so it's, the game is changing. Recruiting is changing. I think everybody's still trying to wrap their arms around what does that mean? Right. Cause now you've got domestic players, international players, a transfer portal, you got, you know, fifth years, you got COVID years. So um, I, I think it all just comes down to relationships and being open and honest and asking the tough questions. Could you imagine operating in a world that, that was just honest. I mean, how lovely that would be. <laughs> oh my God. From start to finish. That'd be so nice. Yep. So nice. So have you had to have tough questions or tough conversations with any recruits given work ethic, given attitude to help prepare them? Like obviously in a loving way, but have you had to have any tough conversations like that? Of course. I mean, from a, from a coach to even with what I'm doing now, I can think, um, to some players, I mean, I even had conversations with last spring and um, some of them were, were conversations of, well, should I transfer? Should I stay? Um, and at the end of the day, I'm not here to tell somebody what to do with their life. I'm here to give you the information and I'm here to help maybe play devil's advocate and challenge you in different ways. Um, and, and if you want my, my honest opinion, I will gladly, you know, give it to you. But I, I do think that, you know, in adversity, sometimes it's easy to just kind of want to run away or throw your hands up and say, oh, this isn't for me. And I always try and challenge players, you know, hey, like, let, let, let's really think, like, even last night I was talking to a couple of kids and they're not getting as much playing time. They're freshmen. They're a part of a really, really talented team. And I said, okay, well, like, this is what you want, right? Do you want to learn under some of these best, some of the best players that are older and maybe more experienced? And then you're, that's going to be you one day but do you trust the process enough? And I could see him sitting there and kind of thinking and thinking, I'm like, you know, you could probably be at another team right now starting right away, but I don't know how good that team is going to be. I don't know how good you're going to be. Um, those are questions we don't know. So I, I always like to play devil's advocate and just, just kind of challenge um, them from a different perspective to get them to think a different way. I think, you know, there's a lot of, when things are, when, when things are going tough and when there's adversity and when, right, you're not happy you know, we have a tendency as human beings to want to surround ourselves with people that agree like, yeah, man, like that sucks. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. Like, you know, hype man type stuff. And I just don't think as much, as much as there's a need for that, I think there needs to be kind of a level-headed approach as well. And someone that's kind of giving that, that honest criticism and that honest um, approach because, because I have been in their shoes as a former player, but I've also been in the coach's shoes too. So I think being able to communicate why something might be happening or, Hey, what's the long-term game here can be a little bit more um, productive than just kind of saying, Oh man, you know, this, this sucks. Do you, do you want me to help you find a new place or something like that? I, I think that, you know, there's, there's a lot to be said with consistency and trusting the process. 
I agree with all of that. And just causing them, as you said, to think about it, think about it in new ways, different ways. Don't just attach yourself to the negative piece. That that's a, that's a killer every time, you know, um, let's talk a little bit about, uh, your analyst work. That's always so much fun to, I've done a lot of sideline reporting and still do, but talk about your analyst work, how you prepare, um, who specifically are you with a specific team? Tell us more about that piece of your journey. You know, this is a part of what I do that I don't think a lot of people know that I do. <laughs> I'm a very, um, versatile person. I can do a lot of things. I've done a lot of different things surrounding the game of basketball. Um, I probably love this more than anything else that I'm involved in outside of Go Global. Um, I started doing it really the year after I got out of college. Um, I had a communications degree and was able to kind of jump on and do some radio um, in Eastern Illinois, which, you know, was just kind of fun. Um, I knew this. Yeah. Thing, so I kind of was able to just kind of, you know, be that young 21 year old talking on the radio. But then I kind of jumped in and, um, when I moved out West to Denver, I started just kind of reaching out. I reached out to Mountain West schools and, and local um, division two schools in the area. And I've been linked up with Air Force since I've been out here. Um, and they, they were just reached out to their SID. Um, and he was like, sure, you know, we, we need someone to help do our games. And I've been with this, this program for uh, five years now, which has been really, really unique. Air Force is is very challenging from a, from a recruiting standpoint, from um, just what that situation is there at the Air Force Base and, and kind of the limitations they have to work with has been really, it's opened my eyes a lot. And I've enjoyed learning the Mountain West in general, um, being able to see a lot of those um, teams come through and, and watch them. So I've been really heavily involved with Air Force in particular, which is kind of random, <laughs> but it's been, it's been just a, um, you know, it's 40 minutes from my house and it's super easy to get to. Um, I called the, I've done some um, ESPN plus type work with like Ball State. Um, obviously I coached there, so I had some connections there. It's not as easy to get back, um, you know, and travel for games like that. I've got a couple Big East games coming up um, later this year. Um, I called the Illinois State Tournament um, in the past, which was really, really amazing, incredible experience. Anyone who grew up in the state and understands how big of a production that is to watch the four class system through this. So it's just the, the, the in-game analyst work that I do has, you know, it's, it's on a very small scale. I love it. Um, I'll probably, it'll probably be something that I continue to do probably forever. Um, as long as I can in any capacity, even in the smallest one. It is. It's so much fun. And it's, I love the Air Force Academy. It's such, first of all, Denver, Colorado, every place that you have seen on that side of the world is just such a beautiful place. Um, the Air Force Academy is so cool. Um, and then you got that little place that you mentioned in Muncie, Indiana, Ball State University. Not a lot of people, not a lot of people know what Muncie is. It's a town. Um, I, I am born and raised in Indiana. I went to Ball State, um, studied communications and oh journalism God. there. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, when I read that about you, I'm like, oh my gosh, one of the few people not from Indiana who knows exactly where Muncie, Indiana is. And I know it's changed so much since I've been there, even since you've been there. What was your experience? like because Indiana is very different from any other part of the world it's flat it's slow but the people are pretty nice oh my god I had a blast there and I'm hoping I can get back up there and visit everybody um, when I go do um, some of the Butler games in January but um, you know at the time I grew up in central Illinois so flat 
flat in, in kind of town of 100,000 people is all I knew. And then I went to college at Eastern Illinois, which anyone who's been to Charleston, I apologize. Um, <laughs> and I, I don't mean, I mean that with love. I spent <laughs> my life there, um, but there is not much. I mean, we didn't even have a chain restaurant. Um, there was literally a couple Mexican places and college bars and that is it. So, I mean, it is as much fun as it was for a college, a college athlete, um, you know, and then I coached there for a couple of years. It was the move from that point. I went from Charleston to, to Muncie. Honestly, to me, I kept telling everyone, man, this is a big, this is a big jump for me. This is a big upgrade. Like I can get to Indy in an hour. Whereas before I would have to go up to Chicago, it would take me three hours. I have to go to St. Louis to take me two and a half. So I felt like I was kind of living in a suburb of Indianapolis. And that opened up this whole world to me of just new people, um, new conference, um, being able to go to Colts games. And, and yes. you know, at that point in my life, um, it was so much fun. And in Ball State in general, man, it was, those are some of my most cherished years in my life as a coach and what we were able to do and some of the players we coached, the staffs that we had, an absolute blast. Honestly, I miss, I miss those days very much. Mm. It just got to a point where, you know, I was it kind of approaching my later later 20s and I thought man I, I'm kind of looking inwardly like what what does my future look like and I felt at that point uh, three years in Indiana was enough and there were things in my life that I wanted that weren't going to be able to be provided at that time so then that's where I kind of made the jump and came out to Colorado which is my absolute favorite place in the world. That's awesome I love all of that so when you were at Ball State did you work with Chris Taylor Joe Hernandez were they there yes yeah awesome Hernandez, yeah Paula awesome um it's great great people there I yes really absolutely them. I was in I did some I would always work just as as a fun part-time thing and also just to stay as connected as I could I would work in Joe's office and I would help write media guides for all the sports like always knowing I wanted to be on camera but I'm like what can I do to just stay involved in sports yeah it was so much fun and I love seeing just I'm not surprised at all Chris Taylor he was always so wonderful and and driven and I'm not surprised at all to see his uh, upward trajectory there at Ball State. He's doing some great things. And with the TV department, it's, it's so exciting. Well, and good for you. Yeah. Chris was always amazing. And I was always, when I, when we had a recruit that wanted to do communications, it was like a home run. Cause you know, yeah. Oh yeah. In Ball State in terms of some of the best communication programs in the country. And I remember walking through there and being kind of like pissed off that I didn't go to Ball State as a student because I would have loved to have had that type of education. I mean, just the resources there were phenomenal. So I'm not surprised you went there with, with how much success you personally had. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's just to say, and, and and you mentioned, you know, growing up in a small area of Illinois, I'm from an Indiana town of 750 people, 750 people. Which we town? didn't even, we, we had a blinking light in our, we didn't even have a red light in our town. Which town is so, it? Jamestown. Oh gosh. Yeah. I don't even know what that is. And I thought I knew yeah. in Indiana. <laughs> yeah. Jamestown. Okay. So let me tell you, it's directly between on 74 West. It's directly between Brownsburg and Crawfordsville. So if you blink, you'll miss the exit, but it's in that area of the state. Perfect. I understand. Yeah. Got, I got you. Yep. 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 So we, we get it. We have, we have so much common ground. I love it. It's so, it's so cool. And that's the thing with this business too, right? Like the business of basketball, even though I wasn't a high level basketball player, I played volleyball, but even though, you know, working in the basketball realm for so many years, it's, it's such a small world and it's, it's good because you can create so many relationships, which 
it just is so special and they carry on through the years. And I love when you reconnect with people and you have that opportunity and to see things come full circle. It's so special. Well, and, and, and just to, I was just talking about this the other day. Um, I was talking to a high school class, honestly, telling them my story. And I said, you know, I went, I went through a period of time where okay, I'm like, do I get out of this? Do I get into sales? Do I get into pharmaceutical sales? Do I get into medical? Like what, what else can I do? And everything kept coming back to basketball. And I honestly mm-hmm. can tell you at any, I'm so thankful for this game because I can honestly attribute every experience, every relationship, every friend, every, just to this avenue. And I think that is so cool. Um, You know, even us having this conversation and meeting each other is from the game of basketball, which I think is just amazing. Um, And as I talked about before, I mean, if we're not talking about relationships and and love for one another as human beings, what what else are we doing here on this planet? And um, for me, that's the space. And it's a lot of different spaces from media to coaching to um, international game. There's a lot of different elements to it. Um, But just being so relational driven and Mm. that just fulfills me every single day. Amen. I feel the same way, especially with just I'm such a proponent of, I'm a champion of women and I'm a champion of let's lift each other up. Let's, let's prop each other up. Let's give each other chances to succeed because unfortunately as, as beautiful as this game is having been in the NBA for many years, it can also be very dark. It can also be very lonely and, and to be able to have people that, that you can trust and lean on and, and know that you're looking out for each other. It just does a world of difference. And those relationships last a lifetime. Yep, 100%. Yeah. Let's talk about your involvement with just women's sports what a beautiful introduction to the world is just women's sports talk about your experience with them and exactly what you're doing i have just been so blown away um you know i've only been writing for a few years now um and i'm still my degree is in pr (laughs) my degree (laughs) is not in journalism um but you know i have been so fortunate to have some opportunities early on that kind of helped me learn i learned from a lot of different editors i worked with a couple that, you know, I was kind of like, whoa, I don't know if this is a fit for me. And, and, you know, you know how the journalism world is, is ever changing the freelance world and who do you want to write for? And, and that has been so eye-opening to me. And I've really tried to dive into it just with two feet and, and be a sponge and soak up as much as I can, um, understanding who I am and what strengths do I bring to this space? And that's just the basketball analytical piece of it. Um, and I, I, and obviously I, I couldn't be on here without mentioning the work that you know we've been able to do with the breaking news. I think that um, really helped propel my name and kind of made people, um, you know, just kind of notice me um, and want to kind of listen more to what I had to say, which is really neat. And I just attribute that back to my relationships from from all levels. Um, is my ability to be able to do that and just kind of push the envelope a little more. I'm really proud of. But you know, that was the one thing with Hannah and uh, with Just One Sports at that time. Um, I was kind of open. I, I wasn't writing anything before this past season. I had kind of left another outlet, Bet MGM, which was a little odd, um, not to put anyone on blast, but that was not a fit for me um, in terms of the resources and the how much they were really going to put towards women's basketball. Uh, it was very evident that that was not a priority. And that's not going to work for me. So I was kind of open and I was in some conversations with a few different outlets and and people and, and just colleagues that, you know, I've really learned to have good relationships with over all this time. And um, I was approached by Hannah and um, talking about how they were expanding their women's basketball coverage. And I've heard nothing but just phenomenal things about her. And I was like, you know, she's, she's really intriguing to me. 
Um, I hadn't had a great experience with an editor right before that. And um, we had we had a few conversations on the phone and I had some other mutual friends that had worked with her and they just raved. Um, and I was really, really blown away. You know, everyone can talk, but are you actually backing it up? Yes. Just women's sports backs it up. And that was the one aspect of it that, that, that blew me away. You know, like you have other outlets with maybe a massive name, but is there truly a concerted effort yeah. priority to cover this game? And I think that they've, they're exceeding that. <laughs> um, they're, they're, they're kicking so many people's tails in that space. And that became very evident to me was um, how driven and how focused Just Women's Sports was. And it felt like the momentum was just through the roof. And then you had all these investors and you had all this news and it was just growing and growing and growing and growing. And Haley just seems like this powerhouse woman. And it just, I gravitated towards it. I thought like, these are, these are women like me. I want to be a part of what they're building. And so um, I have been through the moon, through the happy working with Just Women's Sports and just being able to kind of write. Um, I, I, I covered the WNBA and, and wrote pieces I was very proud of and working with Hannah as an editor in particular oh my god it's been um the biggest blessing I tell her that at least at least a couple times a week because she just makes me um feel very confident in my voice she knows what I'm trying to say and she can help me kind of articulate it the right way she knows me she lets me be me uh, while still helping me learn and and and, and teaching me so um, I've been I've been thrilled with it. I'm a, I'm very proud to be part of that team. Um, I just see it as a powerful group of women that are just honestly kicking ass right now. Absolutely, you should be proud, and I know they're blessed to have you as well. And I I don't want to miss the opportunity to illuminate something you said for any of our listeners who might be in this place of perhaps you're in a job that doesn't align with with your beliefs. Perhaps you're looking at an opportunity that doesn't align with what you know your strengths are. Rachel, you said it so perfectly. If it doesn't fit for you, if it doesn't work for you, if it doesn't align with what you stand for and what your voice can do, pivot. You don't have to stay there. You don't have to be in that place. Like do what it makes sense for you because you're the one that has to, to live with it and walk in that every day. And I hope that everyone can walk in that truth. Well, and I, and I felt like too, you know, it was making me angry, you know, I was, and I was not feeling like myself and it was causing a lot of, um, it just, it was beating me down, you know? Yeah, uh, I get it. Just the way I get it. It was being operated and, um, and that's fine. I could, I just felt like it was a square peg in a round hole. I'm like, this is not for me. You don't see my value. You don't see the value in this game. Um, how can I wake up every day and just try and do this for, you know, the little bit of money that I'm going to get from it in the first place. Like I, I don't need this right now. And I knew I thought, okay, I'll step away from this and in time, the right thing's going to come. You know, I didn't, I didn't panic and say, Oh my God, I got to go find something like immediately. And just kind of, I felt, I felt a certain peace with it. And I knew, all right, I'm just going to focus on at that time, the final four and um, March madness. And, you know, the right thing's going to reveal itself in time. I, I'm a big believer in timing. Uh, and I'm a big believer in just kind of listening to that intuition. If it, if it feels like it's a grind and it feels like it's not a fit and it's pulling out negative things from you, it's probably not good. I agree. If it steals your joy, keep it moving. Exactly. Absolutely. Um, real quick about the college game. Let's talk about your thoughts on now that college athletes can benefit monetarily from their likenesses, their names. Are you a, a, a proponent of that? Do you wish that that was available to you when you played college ball? Or do you think it could create 
gaps within teams that could be detrimental mentally? You know, truthfully, it's still a very new space for me. And you have to understand, um, you know, this, this means a lot for me um, and, and, and go global. Um, and as I'm working with players internationally, I mean, this is a new aspect that I've got to be able to wrap my arms around too. Um, and especially the high level ones, right? And what does that mean? How can I help guide them through this process too? Because, you know, they might be in a different country trying to understand, well, what does NIL mean? Um, so I'm still very much asking a ton of questions right now. And I'm, I'm asking the coaches, I'm asking players. I, I am trying to wrap my arms around, what does this mean? Because for me, it's so, it's so um, foreign and, and, and different. You know, I, I, yes, I would have loved to have had the opportunity to, you know, make a little more money or be able to do things like this, you know, as, as someone who had a, had a really solid and, and, and great college career, I don't, I don't know how, how much that would have been different playing at kind of a lower division one level. I don't know. Um, but it would have been neat to experience that. I'm a, I'm a proponent for it. I think, um, I think that it's all positive. I, I, I question, you know, what all does that mean sometimes, or how could this get messy? How can this cause, like you said, maybe gaps between um, teams or things like that. But from everything that I've kind of observed um, and taken in so far, it's, it feels positive. It feels like you have opportunities. It feels like some of these top players are able to kind of grab a hold of their brand and their, their name, image, and likeness and be able to kind of build, um, begin, begin building an empire for themselves. And I haven't felt a ton of, because my question was, well, what does this mean for the coaches, right? Now there's an element here and do you have to, are you, are you dealing with a whole other team of people? I haven't felt like that that's a big issue or a grinding concern. It hasn't at least yet, um, but we'll, it, it'll be interesting. So in short, I'm, I guess the jury's still out for me. I think overall, I have a positive feeling towards it. I am excited to keep learning about it. I think the opportunity um, for players to you know, profit off of their name, image, and likeness is, is, is a very good thing. Um, but it's, you know, time will tell, you know, time will tell. And I, I'm trying to approach it with a delicate approach and a very neutral approach and, and be yeah. on both sides of it. Yeah, that's, I, I agree with you. And, and I'm, I'm kind of leaning a little bit more right now. And it should be like you, I'm still learning. I'm still taking it all in. I'm still sussing it out, but I'm concerned sure. about, about, you know, your top tier athletes, your ones that are getting the most points playing time, X, Y, Z, you know, the drill, getting the most attention, having extra money. And then those other people that work just as hard, if not harder every day that are, you know, they feel ignored. Sure. They feel unseen. Like that's the part that bothers me. It's like, I just, I don't want it to detract from what coaches do so hard. And I know so many coaches that focus so hard on team building. I would never want team building to be broken because of that. Yeah. You know? Well, and those are elements you have to take in now. And I think, you know, especially on the women's game, I mean, let's just be honest, let's call a spade a spade. We're talking about a very small percentage of, of people. Yeah. Um, you know, the page backers of the world are going to get massive, you know, opportunities and deals, which is amazing. I love that for Paige. Um, yes. If you're yeah. average everyday mid-major player and program, you know, these aren't necessarily things that you're having to deal with on a consistent basis. So um, I can understand just the caution and the concern as well. It'll be the next five years are going to be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Hopefully good things will come and, and good decisions will be made. Let's switch our gears to the WNBA. First things first, we're going to talk about a couple of pieces of news that came out uh, just this week. 
Oh goodness, my heart is a little breaking right now and in, in thinking about Staples Center. You know, it opened in 1999. We've always known it as Staples Center. It's the house that Kobe built in downtown LA. It's uh, the home of the Lakers, the Clippers, NHL's Kings, WNBA Sparks. It's getting the new name starting on Christmas Day. It will be known as the Crypto.com Arena. Now for announcers like myself and for you, um, my goodness. First of all, <laughs> why, why would you put so many words attached to that? That's one of the things when I would do college football for ESPN, they would have like the Chick-fil-A bowl sponsored by barbecue <laughs> sauce and 75 other things. I'm like, why do I have to say all these things? Um, but it's also interesting. The fact that by, by all reports, it's said to be the largest venue naming rights deal in sports history, crypto.com estimated to be paying $700 million over 20 years to rename the building. Now, me being someone who's attached to nostalgia, I'm like, keep your money, I'm keeping the name, but that's a big chunk of change. What is your thought on this move? This is just one of those, this is one of those moves that I feel like for the next five to 10 years, it'll still be called Staples Center. Yeah. You know, like, like, it, anytime you see a, um, a venue change, like in Denver, we have Pepsi Center, and I still call it Pepsi Center. I've only been here five years, but it's now a ball arena. Um, I think it's it's weird, right? Like you kind of get this attachment to a venue or a name, and it just kind of becomes a part of your your city, your the branding, everything. And this is a big one. I mean, this might be the, one of the biggest ones of my lifetime. Um, yeah. See Staples no longer be Staples. Like it's yeah. I was like, no, like, I know, same. I was depressed. Same. I'm I'm like like a Lakers fan or, you know, same. (laughs) Yeah, I know. We have to be neutral given what we do for our our jobs. We have to be, I'm, I know. And my first thought was what's next Madison square garden. Sure. I mean, yeah, that would, my God, I can't even imagine. And so it, it definitely, my initial reaction is just a a sports person was very like, whoa, like I don't like this. I think that we, we as human beings sometimes, change can be so uncomfortable and this is one where you're like oh but then but then I thought about the name and I'm a crypto person I mean I'm getting into it I'm learning about it so for me part there then there was an element of like oh this is a good sign for some okay yeah and then and then I stepped back and I thought why is there the dot com I hate that so much yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) um so there was a lot of emotions this it's 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 a roller coaster I I probably speak for every anyone in the country who yes saw that change and then you throw in the element of um, what happened with the sparks and then I got pissed off yeah um but it uh yeah that's a that's a big one that's a big one and, and I don't I don't foresee people calling it by that name or that resonating for some time it's gonna be a while yeah yeah I agree with you too plus just it's it's habitual right we're gonna say it for a long time that's just how it is it's gonna take a while and some people might just refuse nope I'm just not gonna say anything I'm just gonna say we're here yeah we're here LA like you think of Staples like it's like yes it's like a landmark in LA Yes, 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 it is. Um, You mentioned what happened with the Sparks. Tell our listeners more about that and your thoughts on that. I saw, um, I saw that when, when it was actually announced kind of late that they were going to be changing that crypto.com had put a tweet out and had had tagged the Lakers. And and I saw Derek Fisher had kind of um, made a comment about that. And that stood out to me. And I honestly, I thought about kind of putting it out there too, because I thought, man, like how, here we go again, you know, once again, the women are being left out or we're forgetting, you know, who's running this account? How is this not thought through? Whatever, blah, blah, blah. And of course, I say it was a flood of, you know, 
everyone was mad and making comments, we have to be better. And, and, you know, we've seen this time and time again, and it's tired and it's old and it's annoying. But then I saw how there was a statement that came forward that kind of detached themselves from the sparks. <laughs> um, and this has kind of turned into a big story. Um, full disclosure, I haven't followed it super closely. I just think it, that that statement that came forward um, about kind of, oh, well, we're not really attached to the Sparks, even though you are, they play there, but you left them off. But you, you are, it, it was weird. Like they, 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 they detached themselves from the situation extremely fast. And I thought that looked really bad. Mm -hmm. It was like, it was like you made a mistake by leaving them off and then you tried to cover it up, which made no sense at all. Like it, or, or you tried to come at us with a different idea of why they weren't included, which no, any of us that know, no. Yeah. You know that that's not what happened. Exactly. You, know, you can talk about the, the, the legality of it and the technicalities of it and all that. But like at the end of the day, the sparks play there. That's exactly right. Uh, and in, and in this culture in 2021, you left them off, you made a mistake, like yeah, you know, it just own up to it. Just own up to it. Yeah, and I think everyone be like, okay, I'd be better, you know. Um, I don't know. I, I just think it was disappointing and not not a great start. You know, you're not you're not you're not starting off on the right foot in terms of our space and our community of women, um, women's sports in general. Like that's just your slide, and then you're definitely not <laughs> you're not making any allies in this when you kind of start off like that and, and leaving the sparks off of there. A championship team. In, in, in LA, um, I just thought, I thought it was Bush League. You mentioned Derek Fisher, you know, that's, that's something about him. Like when he does share his thoughts, it's always, even though that tweet was very short and sweet, like, Hey, this is going to take some, some getting used to. I appreciate him in the way he um, deals with and handles the media and something that he talked about specifically during exit interviews this year uh, was changing the culture of the Sparks. What do you think that means? What changes have you seen? And what do you still expect to see based on his commentary of changing the culture? Ooh, I don't know if we have enough time for all <laughs> Um. Oh my God. You know, it, it, there's just been a lot of change in LA in the last two years with the Sparks in general. Um, from Penny to Michael Fisher to Derek Fisher taking on the GM role. I mean, there's been a lot of things in the, from the front office standpoint that have changed. And then we could talk about the roster in general and how, how much that has changed. Um, I've been on record talking about, you know, I was a little bit taken back by what happened in last free agency. I, I expected the big three to kind of return. Uh, Candice, Snecka, you know, I... Chelsea. Um, so to kind of see that be broken up, it was like, oh, now again, I played against Candace in high school. I was equally as excited to see her go to Chicago and just that change. And obviously here we are a year later as champions. It's been the greatest story ever. Um, but I was, I was a little bit surprised to see that broken up, but at the same time, you know, I had felt like, you know, the two to three years leading up to that point, maybe two, it had gotten a little bit stale. Um, it had gotten a little bit just like you're trying to run it back with kind of that same core and like, it's not quite going to be what it was when they won that championship. Um, so I kind of felt like, you know, maybe this is a good time to switch up this roster to kind of really change things up uh, to kind of bring in that new era of, of Sparks basketball. And last year before the season, I talked about it at length with RA on our podcast and, and just said, Hey, like, I think it's time. And I still, I still believe that I still genuinely believe that. Um, it's still a little weird to not see Candace Parker in a, in a Sparks jersey. <laughs> um, 
but you know, these things happen in sports. And, and so I think, I think when we talk about the changing of the culture, my God, it's obviously last year, I don't think anyone in that organization is satisfied with what happened. And it's weird to not see the sparks in the playoffs. Um, I think there's some, there's some tough decisions that are going to have to go. I mean, obviously the, the draft this year, you know, you got to hope that you can get somebody late and bring them in. Um, it's an interesting draft class. Some people think it's really deep. It's really strong. I have, I have some questions about it, but I think with, with changing this culture, you know, I think what I see in the Sparks team now is you have a lot of hunger. Um, you have a lot of players who are kind of at a point in their career where, where um, young players that are, are able to come in and kind of want to prove themselves. Like Erica Wheeler is a very hungry, determined player. And I think this team last year, this showed on the defensive end of the floor and their ability to engage on the defensive end of the floor. And that was, and, and every night they're competing. But I just think there are there are major pieces missing. Now we could talk about Gabby Williams. We could talk about Maria Vadiva. Um, at the end of the day, from an X is no standpoint, you've got to get more offense. You've got to get, in my opinion, a little more star power. Um, and nothing personal against Tolliver, um, but she's a superstar who's at the tail end of her career. Um, NECA can't do it all by herself. You know, she needs different pieces around her. So this is going to be a really interesting free agency, in my opinion, and kind of what moves happen from, you know, just getting the right pieces together. I still think it's very much just in motion and being built. Um, I, I, the jury's out on that aspect, but when it comes to culture, I mean, like I said before, it felt a little stale and you'd had a lot of people who'd been together. I think it's evident that this is a culture that is being built on just hunger and drive. And there's no doubt, you know, people want to be in LA. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> there's a franchise in this league that you know, is more appealing, maybe between, I don't know, in my opinion, Vegas and LA, like, the, the, you know, you're, you're going to attract players, but you've got to attract those players that have a chip on their shoulder. And I think you have some of that on this team um, that want to be um, gritty and in, in, on the defensive end of the floor. Um, so I think the culture standpoint, man, <laughs> um, you're rebuilding that and, and you're putting together all new personalities, all new um mentalities and you've got to manage that it's a tall task for Derek for wearing both hats um but then you also have some veteran players that are kind of on their way out and you're kind of leaning on them to help groom some of these young players whether you are developing young players into superstars or you're trying to attract the next superstars into LA you know those those real veteran players like a Tolliver are going to be huge and and just having a healthy locker room culture and what does it mean to be an LA spark and the traditions that have been in place there for so many years. Um, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. I have a lot of questions surrounding it. Yeah. It is a lot to unpack. And, and I like what you said about, you know, having that chip on your shoulder, the grittiness, that's something you'll never find on a stat sheet, but my gosh, is it valuable? Like to have that grit, to have that, I will not be denied attitude is exactly what this team needs going forward. And also going forward, also announced in the last couple of days, a new playoff format within the WNBA that has so many people excited. What are your thoughts on that? I, 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 I don't want to say I knew it was coming. That sounds bad. I really expected this to happen. Um, honestly, I thought it might look a little different. I was surprised to see it be three, five, five. Um, you know, my initial reaction was I was excited and I put that out on Twitter and I, I was a fan of it. I think overall, I am a fan of it. It's, I think it's going to be one of those things where, people are kind of like, hmm, you know, like, okay, this is new. We've been saying we want to change. Now we have a change, but are we actually going to like this change? Um, I personally kind of like the single elimination game. I would have loved to have seen 
a one three five five. Um, you know, you're understanding that you know WNBA playoffs and everything is so condensed anyway. It's tough, but um, to not have that single elimination game, you know, there's so much riding on that, um, and it's it's unique in itself. Um, I, I think I'll personally miss a little bit of that, but I don't know if I'm gonna. My opinion might change on it, mm-hmm. um, but right now I'm I'm excited that you know, the series is, is <laughs> are so fun. Like, you know, we talked about, um, the semis and the finals. I mean, you know, you just get so invested in those series. And, um, I like that now, you know, it's, it's a little more condensed. I, I do have questions about the not receding every round. I think that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I think it's a positive change. Um, and the playoffs attract so much attention in my opinion, on a national scale from a media perspective, that um, this is going to be interesting to kind of see what a three-five-five format looks like and, and how much excitement that, that continues to bring to the game. Yeah, looking forward to it so much. Also looking forward to reading more of your work within Just Women Sports family. So excited about Go Global Recruiting and all the beautiful things you're doing there. And of course, your basketball analyst work. I know that you bring a lot of joy to everyone that you work with and especially the young women that you're bringing up through basketball, a sport that you've always loved, that you've given so much to. And I'm happy that it's giving back to you as well. Rachel Galligan, what a privilege and joy to have you on the show. I knew it would be fun. Thank you so, so much. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Believe podcasts are available to be downloaded or streamed on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, Spotify, Luminary, iHeart, and our website, Believe.com. Follow us across social medias at Believe Podcasts. You can also follow me. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Stacy Pates. Thanks again for being with us on this episode of Believe in Sparks, presented by our friends at betonline.ag. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.